I don't know if you can tell, but I get a little fired up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, someone showed me just a moment ago, Sherry Shamlin showed me just a moment ago, it says we get so fired up for the Super Bowl that we should get fired up for Jesus the same way kind of thing. And it says when the pastor gives a good message, we should douse them with Gatorade. I said, no, that's, so I'm going to do the worst job I can. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's really funny. If we could get, though, can I just be real, just step up on a pedestal and has, I'm sorry, I'll get to this in a moment. But, man, could you imagine if we got as excited as we do for a sporting event that we do for Jesus, what would change in this world? Could you imagine that just for a second? As excited as we do, the planning that we do, the stuff that we do, if we were that excited for, you know, like we are for the sporting event. And listen, I was a coach. I get excited. I get it. I love it. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl too. But, if, man, if we could get that, get that excited uh, for Jesus the same way, would you think that this city would change? Yeah. That this world would change? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray and go home. No. I got a word. If you got your Bibles, would you please open to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read through this. And this is a message today that just kind of got put on my heart, not just for our teenagers, uh, because my prayer is for our teenagers as they come to a weekend where God is moving, the Word is being preached, and lives are being changed. The tragedy that I've seen way too often. I've been doing this for almost 26 years now, working and, you know, speaking and doing stuff and just being a part of student ministries. And I've done camps since 1996. And, man, I've done a lot of cool things. Can I tell you the tragedy that I've seen way too often? I need you all to hear this. And I definitely need you teenagers to focus in right here and listen to this. Here's the tragedy that I've seen way too often where a group of teenagers go to a camp, go to a Thrive weekend, or maybe even have. And, guys, I've seen this with adults as well. Well, you come into church and maybe there's incredible words spoken and God moved, the Spirit moved, because it ain't about me. It's about the Spirit of God moving this room. It's not about the, even the band. It's about God moving. And God moves and does some stirring and does some change because that's what he does. He changes lives. Amen? Amen? And then the tragedy is this. All of that happens and God moves and all of that and you walk out those doors and you forget everything you heard. You forget everything that you made a decision to do. You forget those conversations that you had with God. You kind of forget those decisions you made to say, I'm going to not do these things. And today I'm praying that as we kind of open up and talk about what it means to build our foundation on the rock, that this morning that we not only just hear these words, but we listen to them with our hearts and we live them. Amen. So read this with me. I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we'll kind of break it down. I'll give you a couple things here, okay? Uh, starting in verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, now this is Jesus closing down his Sermon on the Mount. This is his last words as he has already spoken now to all these people. He's kind of closing it down with, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Verse 25 says, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had what? Its foundation on the, on the rock. Verse 26, 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, well, he's like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. See, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And so he was really reminding them of the things that they have heard. This weekend, these teenagers heard some things, and they weren't just some things, they were biblical truth. They heard biblical truth this weekend. They heard the gospel this weekend. They heard about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They heard that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to this earth to die, and not only to die for our sins, but he proved that he was who he said he was, and that's God. He came back to life. That's what the truth they heard this week. And many of us have heard as well. And the sad part is that sometimes we go, we know that truth, we understand that truth, and then we walk away from that truth. That's what I don't want to see with our teenagers, and I don't want to see that with even our, our people of this church. Let me give you a couple things. The first one is this, okay? Hearing God's truth, and you write this down, here's a couple points as we break this down. Hearing God's truth is not the same thing as living God's truth. Would you agree with that? Hearing God's truth is not the same thing as living God's truth. Parents in this room, I'm sure you've said this. I know you hear me. Anybody's ever said that? Just curious. I, I know you heard what I just said, but you didn't go do what I asked you to do, all right? Uh, I know we've said that as parents and probably even as, as adults, as, well, as teenagers, I'm sure we did the same thing. There is a difference between hearing and doing, right? You can hear it all day long. And too many times we hear, we hear, we hear, and there's no reaction. We don't do anything. I love this story about uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, FDR, one of the fun presidents. He had this thought where he was talking about that people don't listen to him. They're, they're, they hear what he's saying, but they're just not listening to him. And so one time he decided to put it to the test. And so there was this long receiving line as the president and his wife were standing there and they were walking through and he was shaking hands with them. He would reach in and he would mummer, you know, just kind of mummer a little bit, and he'd go, murdered my grandmother this morning. He would just say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And people would shake his hand and go, that's fantastic, sir, and walk off. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. And he would just mummer, right? When he, I murdered my grandmother. Oh, that's great. All the way through. And he's going, see? Nobody is listening to me. They hear me, but they're not listening. It was just like a dignitary from Bolivia or something comes up, and he shakes his hand, and he reaches in again, goes, murdered my grandmother this morning. And the little guy kind of grabs his hand, pulled him a little closer, and goes, I'm sure she deserved it, sir, and walked <laughs> off. Somebody was listening. <laughs> There's a difference between listening and doing. Jesus even said it in Luke chapter 6, 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You call me Lord. You say I'm the Lord. You understand that I'm the Lord. You know that I'm the Lord. You know that I've asked you to do these things, but then you walk off and not do what I ask you to do. We got to ask ourselves that question. What does that mean to us? We obey because we love, because it comes down to obedience. And we obey because he loves us. And what it comes down to is, are we being obedient to the Lord? And if we're being obedient to the Lord, then we're going to do what he says. Look what he says in James chapter 1, verse 22. I'm going to turn over to it. James chapter 1, 2 in NIV. It says this, starting in verse 20, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. It says what? Do what it says. Listen to this. It says, do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at him goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Hear that for a second. Nobody really does that, but that's what this is like doing. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard. This is what I want you to hear, guys. Look at me with respect. Every, every one of you guys in, in, in this group, look at me. Not forgetting what you've heard, and you've heard some great things this week. He says, not forgetting what you've heard, but doing it. Doing it. Are you going to go do it? Are you going to walk out those doors and go back to school on Monday and do it? That's going to be the question that you've got to answer today. Listen, they will be blessed in what they do as the continuous of that verse. Hearing God's truth is not the same thing as living God's truth. Let me break this down a little bit more. Here's the next one. I'll give you another one. All of us at one time will face difficult circumstances. Do you believe that? All of us at one time or another in our lives, we will face difficult circumstances. And I know you're sick and tired of me saying this, but you don't get the phone calls and emails I do every week. All right? It's true. We all go through things. It happens. We're either going into a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're living in a storm right now. That's life. And so understanding that and knowing that, we, 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 this is why it's so important that we build our foundation on his truth. We build our foundation on his rock. We build our foundation on Jesus Christ. Because we all will go through some difficult circumstances at one time or another in our lives. Jesus even points it out in John 16, This is what he says. He says, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to go through it. He didn't say, hey, guys, you might have some bad things happen to you one day. He didn't say, hey, you know, maybe it might happen. No, no, no. He said, you will happen. He's like, oh, thanks, Jesus. But look how he follows that up. There is no more comforting words than this in this world. You are going to have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He overcame death. He says, I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of its power to overcome you. Come on. That don't get you excited. I don't know what will. That's so much truth right there because we will go through it. We will have it happen. And he says, hey, listen, take heart. I got you. Take heart. I'm with you. Take heart. I've already overcome it, and I've told the world it can't overcome you. Come on. That's truth right there. So listen, hearing God's truth is not the same as living God's truth, and all of us are going to face difficult circumstances at one time. That's kind of like ways we build our foundation. So let me give, give you a couple things right here because Jesus calls out two groups. He calls out two groups, all right? The foolish and the wise. Let's start with the foolish, all right? The foolish. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, well, he's like a foolish man. If you hear them and you know it's truth, you believe that it's truth, and then you walk out and do something else, then you're a foolish man. If someone tells you, hey, that fire is hot, don't put, or if you've ever gone to Serrano's and they tell you, hey, the plate is hot, and you go, that's your fault. <laughs> Come on, but who's done that? I don't know why I keep doing it. They lay it down and they go, careful, the plate's really hot. And I go, thank you, you know. And the guy goes, I just said it was hot. <laughs> I'm a foolish man. No. <laughs> but even worse than that, right? 
But everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Because when the rain comes down and the, wind, I mean, and the streams begin to rise and beat against the house, it falls with a great crash. I don't know if you remember this, but in 1989, there was this San Francisco earthquake and it took down some bridges. And this is one of the bridges, pictures right here. It took down this bridge and it's an incredible picture here of what happened here. This is the bridge, one of the bridges in this earthquake it took down, killing hundreds. And then right down across the street is this bridge right here, is the Bay Area Bridge there. That, that bridge right across the ring. I want you to tell you something, kind of, that's the bridge that kind of went down. Listen to this, if this doesn't paint a picture for you. That bridge that fell, that one that you see kind of right there, was built on landfill. It was built on sand. The bridge across the way there was dug all the way down into the rock. And during the, her, the earthquake, when it came, it took the one down in the sand and left the one that was on the rock. How important is it when we have the earthquakes in our lives that we're building our foundation on the rock, and the rock is Jesus Christ? It's so important. Here's who he calls out on the foolish here. He says a couple things. The foolish will follow God on their own terms. See, the foolish will follow God on their own terms. Where We read the Bible, we know the Bible, we understand the Bible, and then when it says, hey, you know, maybe this is not a good idea for you in your life, we'll take it and we'll rip it out and go, you know what, but I like this part of my life, and you lay that down. We can't do that. We can't follow God on our own terms. We follow God on his terms. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. It says, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Mm-hmm. See, I just heard somebody go, hallelujah. It says, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Without love, unforgiveness, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form, having a form of godlessness but denying its power. Hmm. Have, a, have nothing to do with such people. That says in the end times, but I guarantee you some of us can go, wait a minute, that's happening now. That's happening right now. That's the foolish saying, I want to follow my own terms. And that's what happens when we follow our own terms. They follow God on their own terms. Here's a couple others. The foolish will flip their faith on and off when necessary. Flipping the faith on and off when necessary. Oh, wait, it's Sunday, it's Wednesday, it's whenever. And I put my Jesus mask on and I say my Jesus things and I do my Jesus stuff. And then all of a sudden, guys, this is what I want to warn you against. Y'all look at me. See, the enemy is going to want to tempt you to go back to school and take off this mask of, man, I saw you down here. I saw you worshiping. I saw you singing here all weekend. And the enemy wants you to go back to school and say nothing happened. The enemy wants you to go back to school and say, nothing happened in my life. Not in was doing that. That's what the enemy wants from you. But you can't let him win. Are you hearing that? You cannot let him win in that. We can't flip-flop our faith. If you have faith, go to school and live that faith. Guys in this room, man, go to work and live that faith. Amen? And see what happens in your life when we do that. It's kind of easy for me at my job, but you know... <laughs> 
but y'all can do it. I know you can do it. And trust me, if you truly do it and you grab a group of people that you go to school with and you go there and you start living for the faith and not flip-flopping your faith, then you're going to see others join you in that. You're going to see others join you in that and you won't be alone. You might be alone in the beginning, but you will not be alone if you actually do that. Don't flip-flop the faces. The foolish will flip-flop their faith if necessary. Here's another one. They want instant results and satisfaction. The foolish will want instant results and satisfaction right away, you know, not being patient, not waiting on the Lord. And here's another one. The foolish will miss what's going on around them. There are some people, guys, that you know that are back in school that needs to hear God's truth. Yes? There are some people that while you walk the hallways that you know that you don't want to miss. And sometimes the enemy is very good. And guys, let's be honest, there's probably some people at your job and at your work that, that, that you walk past and sometimes maybe just miss because we get so caught up in our own worlds. And there are people who are hurting. There are people that are just, you know, life has beat them up and they're hurting in this. And they just, God is wanting to use you to just say, just maybe reach over and say hi to them. Do you understand just a hi to somebody can change their life? And I saw this kind of play out one time in, in my own life, my own world. So my wife and I went to this uh, shopping, all right? It was during a Christmas time shopping, and, and I do not like that. My, life, my wife loves to go to a busy, busy mall. I do not, okay? I don't like to be around. I like crowds, but I don't like to be around crowds when they're shopping and people are mean and just, I don't like it. You know, but she loves it, especially during that Christmas season holiday. But she begged me to take her. And this is when we had little kids, right? So we had strollers. I had little kids just running all over the place. Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? I'm like, no. Uh, kind of how I parent. All right. So, and finally, she's like, we can go. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And we're heading out to the car, bustling through everybody. We finally get, you know, to the car, get everything, trying to get everything in the car. Kids are running around. It's just a mass confusion. We get in the car, and then you try to get out. Have you ever tried to get out with everybody just flying by, flying by, nobody, unless they want your parking spot, and then they'll stop and go, let these people out. Because you want my spot. That's why you want out. So finally get out, and now it's the sit in line throughout the entire, you know, mall place. You're just kind of sitting there. Truth, woman walks right in front of us. I'm driving. This woman, without looking, she's got her bags, and she just steps right into the street, walks right in front of me, and I looked at my wife, and I said, can I bump her? I didn't want to hurt her. I just wanted to, oh, hey, you know. Just wanted to give her a little, boop, you know, like this. And then I was going to say, Merry Christmas, you know, because she did not look. I just wanted, my wife goes, no, it's Christmas. Okay. We finally get out to the road. We sit into three lights. People are all around us. We get out on the freeway, finally break loose. We get on I-35 or Mopac, whichever it was, and just take off normal speeds, about 90, just going down the road. No, I'm kidding. So we're getting down the road, and all of a sudden we hear this. I'm like, man, what is that? I look, I said, do you hear that? My wife goes, yeah, I do. I go, wow, what is that? And she goes, I think it's the wind. I go, know if the wind sounds like metal. I mean, you know, so finally, this guy pulls up beside me. He rolls down his window, and he starts doing this. So I start doing this. I mean, I don't know. He's doing this. I'm doing this. I mean, we're both pointing at each other. My wife's going, stop. It's Christmas. I go, he started it. So he's got his window there. He's bonking his horn. He's going, you know, pointing at me. And so I'm pointing at him, and then I, I read his lips. He goes, I go, he's calling me something. He goes, I go, I think this dude is calling me a stroller. I said, you're a stroller. 
He said, no, you're a stroller. I go, you're a stroller. We're back and forth. I go, I don't think that. My wife goes, I don't think that's what he's saying. <laughs> he, and so he's pointing to the back of my car. I go, oh, sorry, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pull over. I get out and I go to the back of the car. Well, during all that hustle and bustle and all that craziness that was happening, I forgot to put up the stroller. I backed over it, it hooked on my bumper, and I've been dragging the stroller down the street. And my little boy was hanging on so tight. I'm kidding. I'm just joking. I'm only kidding. Mama Dean just about came unglued. I think she pulled a knife. You know what? No, he was not in the stroller. We actually left him in the car seat on the roof. But, you know, no kidding. Kids, we're safe, okay? But listen to this. This is why I share this with you. How many people, and I hope you're not here, did we drive by pulling a stroller and no one said a word? No one. There were people standing on the curb. We drove by dragging the stroller. And they were watching us go by and going, oh, look at that idiot. <laughs> no one said anything. No one stopped my car. No one goes, hey, man, you got a stroller back there. Nobody. Listen to this. We sat through two lights before getting on the freeway. Cars were beside us, behind us, and nobody said, I'm dragging a stroller. I guarantee the guy behind us, behind us was probably sitting there looking at his wife going, that's how you take home a stroller. That guy has it figured out. And look at that kid. He's having a great time. <laughs> it took some guy catching up with me as I'm dragging sparks down the freeway to let me know it's back there. Let me make sense of this. Hey, guys, and not, not, not just these guys, all of us. How many people do we walk past that is dragging strollers of depression that is dragging strollers of anxiety, that is dragging strollers of divorce, that dra dragging strollers of hurt and pain, and dragging strollers of unforgiveness, and dragging strollers of life, just punching them in the face right now, and they're dragging those strollers past us, and we just stand there and go, well, I hope you figure it out. We can't do that. Because God wants to use us. God wants to use you when you go back to school to see who's dragging that stroller and say, hey, man, let me help you. Amen? Hang on to that truth this morning. They miss what's going on around them. Let me close with the wise. So he talked about the foolish. Here's the wise. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that means you hear them, you don't just hear them, now you want to go live them. It's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. He says, I'm going to build my foundation on Jesus Christ. I'm going to feel, build my foundation on the one who, when things fall apart, I know that he's got me. I'm not going to sink because it's on a strong rock. The rain comes down, the streams rise, and the winds blew, and it beats against the house. Yet, it did not fall. Hear that, because the rock is not going to let you fall because it has its foundation on the rock, on Jesus Christ. Here's what the wise do. They know God's word is alive and powerful. 
the wise will know that God's word is alive and it is powerful. And so important for us to build that foundation on God's rock is that we got to get into his word. Know his word. Dive into his word. I can't encourage you guys more and more and more is to dive into God's word. Learn to know who this God you're in here worshiping is. And God has given us this Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. He's given it to us, B-I-B-L-E. And it's right there at our grasp. It's right there for us. Get in his word. Understand and know. The wise is going to know that God's word is alive and powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. That means it will cut. The cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word will lead you. The word will guide you. The word will direct you. That's God's word. And it's so important if we're going to stay wise, if we're going to build that house on that rock, we got to stay in God's word. And here's the last one I'm asking you to come out and play real soft and we'll close. They realize that Jesus is alone. Jesus alone is their savior. We will realize that Jesus alone is a savior and he is the foundation. He is faithful. That's the most important thing here. Listen to this. That the wise will understand and get that that rock and that foundation is Christ. And we can do nothing without him. We can't go on without him. It is so important for him to be in our lives, walking with us, helping us. And you know, when you see that person who's dragging that stroller, when you're walking with God and you understand your foundation is him and you're saved and you know him, you begin a relationship with him, you're going to recognize that stroller more often, yes or no? You're going to recognize that stroller when you're living for him. But when we start living for ourselves, we're probably not going to see that stroller. When we start living for our own selves and worried about our own lives and all that kind of stuff, man, and I'm not giving it to him is what I mean. We're going to miss those people that go by us in those strollers. They realize that Jesus alone is their Savior and He is the foundation. I came across this story this week and I was kind of studying and kind of looking at this stuff. And it was in, actually happened on my birthday, December the 7th, 1989. Not that I was born in 89, so some of y'all was like, wait a minute. No, no. <laughs> it was 1989, it happened, but I was born a couple years before that. But here's what it was. It was an earthquake in Armenia. And it basically flattened Armenia. And what happened was it was like, I mean, really bad, like 30,000 plus people like lost their lives. And the story was about a father is really what caught my attention. There was this dad who had just dropped his son off at a school that morning. And when this whole thing happened, he knew that his son was probably not doing well because it really was a really bad situation because this foundation was shook in this country. And this father told his wife, and their house was fine. It just, you know, had some, a little bit of damage. But he told his wife to stay, and he was going to go find his son. And, and he gets to the school, and the school was flat as a pancake. Unreal. 
And I read this story thinking as a father, thinking as a dad, thinking, oh my goodness, and how that would just be so painful to see. And he stood there in tears and he remembered a promise that he made. This is a dad who made a promise to his son. He says, no matter what, I will always be with you. This is the promise, and he would always say this to his kid. He said he even said it that morning as he dropped him off at school. He says, man, listen, no matter what, I'm always going to be with you. And those words began to rain down on him as he's looking at his son's school, flattened as a pancake, not knowing whether or not he was alive or dead. So here's what this man does. Here's what this dad does. This dad, hopeless, scared, he went straight to the spot where he knew that his son's classroom was and starts digging. Others who were there that were grieving came up to him and says, hey man, you need to stop. You, you, it's over. They're gone. Just let it go. And this guy says, are you going to help me or not? And he would start digging more. And he would start digging and start digging and start digging. He just kept digging stone after stone after stone for his son. He dug for eight hours. And that eight hours then turned into 12 hours, the 24 hours, the 36 hours. And this is what it said. It said on the 38th hour, 38 hours, no rest, no sleep, no nothing. This man, probably maybe some water here and there. People coming left and right trying to tell him to stop. And it even said that emergency workers were going, hey, you're going to mess us up what we're trying to do. And this man just kept remembering that promise over and over and over and over. No matter what, I will always be with you. And on the 38th hour, he's pulling stone after stone. And he hears his son's voice. Because he's calling his name. He said, Armand. Armand. And as he called his voice, he, he hears his son's voice yell back out to him. And he says, Dad. And he hears Dad. And this is what the kids said. It was unbelievable. The boy, he knew he said, he said he was there. He heard his voice. He says, I told the other kids not to worry. There were 14 of them in that classroom with him. He said, I told them not to worry. I told them if you were alive, you would save me because he remembered his father's promise when he says, no matter what, I will always be there with you. As he dug that last rock and he's, he's getting down there to get his son, 14 of them in there. He says, Armand, grab my hand. The boy says, no, daddy, let them go first. And as he started getting one after another, 14 of his friends to his dad, as they began to pull him out of this hole, pull him out of this hole, pull him out of this hole. And they asked him, he says, why did you do that? Because he said, because I know if something was to happen, my dad was coming for me. So I wanted my friends out first. Whether we're trapped by falling rubble or crushed by hardships of life, we're never cut off from God's faithfulness. We're never cut off from his love. We have to trust that the Lord says, I will always be there for you. That's what we build our foundation on. That's what we have to have in our lives. 
Bible says that for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Jesus answered, he says, listen, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to continue to worship. But I have to say this to us this morning, that Jesus is the way. That he has made a way through the hardship, through the rubble. He's made a way. And when we trust in him and we trust in his foundation, we trust that he is who he said he is, that God would do amazing things in our lives. So my question is to you this morning, and maybe some of you this morning who've not made that decision to follow Christ, maybe this morning is your morning. Maybe some of you in this room who showed up this morning and maybe you've been hanging on to some things and maybe tonight, maybe today, this morning, maybe this morning is the morning where you take a step into faith and build that foundation. Would you do me a favor and close your eyes and be real still. I'm going to pray for us. But I'm going to ask you as you sit here with your eyes closed, just pondering the word this morning. I thank you for allowing me just to be free this morning and just to speak from my heart this morning. But I'd ask you if this morning, if you would just do this, and students, I really want you to do this this morning. Would you look into your heart? Would you look into your life? Adults in this room, would you look into your life and ask yourself this question, have I built my life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Do I know him? Have I accepted him into my life? Have I stepped out of that darkness and have I stepped into that light? Can you answer honestly in your life, if your heart was a stop and you were to die, can you answer in your life that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because the Bible very clearly says that he is the only way to the Father. Jesus, the rock, the way maker. That he is the way. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. For every mistake, every mess up, every sin, he says, I'm going to wipe that clean with my blood. And we believe that in our hearts, that he not only just died for us, but he was buried for us. And not only was he buried for us, he came back to life for us. He rolled back a tomb. just to prove that he was God. And then he just says this, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. And maybe this morning some of you just need to say, I'm in on that. I just want to follow him. And make him the Lord of your life for the first time and the last time. So if that is you this morning, you're saying, man, that's me. I just want to go all in. I need to just take a step in faith. I need to stop playing games. I need to make him the rock of my foundation. And I need to ask Jesus to rescue me, to save me, to come into my life. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. This is not a magic prayer. This is a prayer of you just saying, God, I need you. I believe in my heart that you are real and I'm ready to follow you. So if that's you, would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I need you. 
God, I hear you in my heart this morning. So Lord, I believe that you love me and you sent Jesus for me. And God, I ask you this morning to forgive me of my mistakes, forgive me of my mess ups, forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me, rescue me. I'm tired of playing games, I'm tired of running from you. And God, I'm ready to go all in with you. God, thank you for Jesus who paid for that on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, nobody looking around. I'm just going to pray for you. How many of you be honest with me this morning and say that was you? If you raise, would you just raise your hands and say, I prayed that prayer this morning. I mean it. I believe it. Would you put your hand up? You believe this morning that you just asked Jesus Christ into your life for the first time, for the last time. Would you, would you put it up high for me just so I can see you? Mm. Mm. You can put it down. Hey, come here. Come here. Been praying for you. For real. So proud of you. This is Jack's daughter. I don't want to throw that out there. Just sorry. Come on. Hey, maybe if you did pray that prayer this morning and you, you believe that, would you be bold for a minute and just come stand with, with, with uh, Sydney? If maybe if that was you and you asked God to come and come into your life, come into your heart this morning, maybe just come stand with her down here. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're an adult, you can come on. Come on, it's okay. praying for you too. I'm going to do this. We're going to, we're going to still worship. It's a cool, cool morning. Kel, would you, you, my guy right there. I'm going to pray over us. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to thank God for this moment and this time right now. And we're just going to worship. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask also to let you know, hey, this altar's open. Tina, if y'all want to come, pray for some friends, pray for some stuff. Maybe some of you just need prayer. Maybe Pastor Key, Pastor Chuck, man, we'll be down here. If you just need some prayer and you just want to pray, let's just spend some time with God. Amen? Can we do that? Now I'll let you take them back and just have a talk. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for an incredible weekend of just moving in the hearts of our students. And we thank you for moving in this room this morning. And God, we pray that you continue to move. God, we pray that we don't just leave it in this building, that we take it out to the streets. We take it out to our homes. We take it out to our schools. We take it out to our jobs, God. That you will move through us, that people that come in contact with us this week 
will see you in our lives. We thank you that we can build our foundation on you. We thank you that some teenagers and just this morning just found you as the rock, as the foundation, as the way maker. So Father, have your way with us at this time, in this moment. As we respond to you, as we come to this altar, as we get on our knees, as we just pray, as we thank, as we celebrate, as we just ask you, God, be with us this morning as a church. Move and God, we ask you to just move.